0: my assignment, to cover the physical, God-given body of our Savior. It was quite easy, actually. Not only was it a no-brainer, but the fringe benefits were awesome. I had a front row seat at every Father, Son, and Holy Spirit event for three years. And all I had to do was hang around and follow Jesus. It may have been a no-brainer, but sometimes it got mighty sweaty. I mean, the people would press on him so much so, I could hardly see what was going on. If it wasn't for the disciples exercising crowd control, I believe they would have crushed our Savior to death. But I do understand their excitement, though. I have seen this man do such awesome things, the world would not be able to contain the volumes of books it would take to tell it all. He's done such things as restore vision to the blind. I've seen leopards and demonics healed. I've seen the lame leap and walk again. I have seen and heard the mute speak. And the dead have literally been raised to life. One of my most memorable times when I was with Jesus was when this poor, poor woman who had been suffering for 12 whole years, bleeding. Could you imagine? Well, when she simply came and touched my hand and immediately that 12-year fountain was dried up, just like that, I felt quite special that day to know that the divine anointing that was upon Jesus from His Father, it was so powerful that it flowed down on me too. I wanted to run, I wanted to jump, to leap, but that would have left our Savior more than a little exposed. So I contained myself. You know, I could remember very vividly the last day we spent together to be demoted from a covering for our Messiah, to be stripped from him and gambled for. I hated being touched by those filthy hands, but it wasn't about me. Can you believe they stripped me from him and left him naked blind, bloody on that cross, and humiliated. What kind of death is that for a king? But I know it happened. I witness the Father His great love for his son when he restrained himself from rescuing his his son from that cross and when Jesus was patient and obediently stayed with it until death. I can hardly comprehend such love but I know it happened because I was there.
1: I always knew my little one was different. No, not weird or strange, but special. There was something deep inside me that told me that he had been born for a special purpose, that maybe someday he would lead the chariot of a prominent governor or maybe that of a king. So you can imagine my astonishment that day when those two strange men came and loosed us and took us away. I just wanted to yell, stop, no, his day has not yet come. Then I began to get worried. Who are these men? Where are they taking us, and will we be safe? As we entered Beth Page and the Mount of Olives, that's when we saw him. We saw Jesus, and the kindness in his eyes just melted away, any of the worry we might have had. And I realized that the compassion of Jesus, because he thought of my little one, he didn't take him to work alone he brought me with him so that he would not be afraid. I realized that this actually was the day that I had dreamed of. No, my little one did not pull the chariot of the king. On his back rode the king of kings. It was not to be his day, it was to be Jesus's day. You see, my little one was that little donkey and on him the Messiah rode in the triumphal entry into Jerusalem.
2: I have been visited by many people over the years. Some came to just fulfill their various missions, but this this Jesus, he was different. He came here for one purpose and one purpose only, to commune with the Father. I always was happy to see him come and so sad to see him go. You see, the way Jesus would talk to the Father, it was, it was so different. Here's prayers of supplication and intercession they lifted to the throne of God in a way that just anointed me and it made me feel lit up. Every single rock, insect, plant, animal and flower stood in awe and wonder of this Jesus that spoke to a father who he knew, he knew The Father. The last day I remember seeing Jesus, he came here with his three friends, Peter, James, and John. He had come here before with them to pray, but this time was different. Jesus came to his favorite spot among the olive trees and he knelt and he began to speak to his Father. And while he spoke, his friends well, they just slept. And Jesus' heart was so full of anguish that as he prayed and, and talked, his forehead was covered in drops of sweat, mingled with blood that dripped down his face and dropped slowly to the ground. I remember oh so well the prayer he prayed that day. It was so different from what he had said before. This time he was begging. No, he was pleading with his father. Oh, father, please, if there's any possible way, let this cup be taken from me. I cannot take it. Please, father, oh, please, please. Yet father, let me follow your will. I am yours. I am here to do what you have called me and placed me here to do. And as Jesus listened and was filled, he had confidence in his father's will for him to keep going down this path. And down the path came the centurions who arrived to take Jesus away. Now, Jesus could have just, well, he could have just disappeared. He had done that before. But no, Jesus went willingly. He gave himself into the hands of the centurions and allowed them to take him from this place. Yes, his hands were bound, but it was because he allowed them to do so. You know, we really, really miss Jesus coming here. It has not been the same since he left, but we feel such a privilege and honor That in the vastness of this great universe that was created by the Creator, the God, the Father above, that His Son Jesus would choose this place, this Garden of Gethsemane, for the meeting of the Trinity.
3: Contortionists? Nah. No contortionists could ever bend themselves into some of the positions I've been in. I mean, You can twist me in and out, up and down, through this way and back that way. And it wouldn't even bother me. But I could not understand. No, I just couldn't figure it out this day. I don't know why anyone would braid my branches when they are covered in thorns. I had to show them the error of their ways with more than a few pricks while they worked. So I was already bloody before I even reached my destination. What did they turn me into? Never had I been twisted into anything so bizarre. They made me into a crown of thorns. They took me and placed me, no thrust me onto the head of Jesus. They put a reed in his right hand. Then they spit on him and hit him and mocked him, yelling, Hail, Jesus, King of the Jews. It was horrible, shameful. I wanted to fight for him and with him that day, but He didn't fight. He just took it. So along with the rest of nature, I just cried.
4: Yes, it's true what you've heard about me. When I secure a thing in place, it's there to stay. But if I've ever wanted to turn a job down, it would have to be the one they gave me about 2,000 years ago upon a hill called Golgotha. I cringe Not thought as I remember. You see, this wasn't just anything or anybody. This was the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords. Surely the Father will keep the pain from him. Yes, I thought, maybe he just won't feel the pain. But as I realized my assignment, my thoughts were of how there was nothing new under the sun, and the very materials that were used to form me were created by this man. I wouldn't say, stop, I can't do this, this man is innocent. Use me for one of the thieves on either side but I had been predestined just as he had. So I did what I was created to do, and he did what he was sent to do. And as that precious holy blood flowed upon me, I was comforted. I still try to forget moments of the day because of the pain I caused him, because the Father did not keep pain from him. But he had been predestined just as I had. So... I did not keep Jesus on that cross that day. You did. And no amount of pain, agony, or discomfort could have made him come off that cross because he loves you.
5: Crucify him. Give us Barabbas. They cried. the very next week from the same lips, Will people even care that he led, suffered, suffered, and, and died? But I'm just a tree. What do I know? What I do know is this. Jesus took your place. You shouldn't have been the one dragging me up, oh God, about that day. Imagine for me, if you will, millions of crosses, millions of crucifixions. Mankind taking their own punishment. But only their friends, there's no resurrection. For there's no resurrection for the guilty. So as Jesus trod up Golgotha's hill that day. So as Jesus trod, trod up Golgotha's hill th- that day, weak, tired, and, and bloodied, Car- carrying all heavy meat against his torn and tattered, fl- tattered flesh, carrying the sins of the world from creation to revelation. He already knew. He knew that most people would not come. He knew that most people would not accept his sacrifice. Yet, as they nailed him to me, he stayed. He could have come down, but he stayed. But grace and mercy were there that day, and grace and mercy said, we accept this one pure and righteous life as a ransom for all sinful and unrighteous men, past, present, and future. Wow, what an exchange, what an exchange. Surely every man, woman, boy, and girl we want to run to Jesus and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. He could have come down, but he stayed. And as the last cries of Jesus echoed, it is finished, grace and mercy said salvation has come to the world.
6: My assignment is a dark and lonely one. I'm a sepulchre sepulchre, not just some shallow grave covered stone. That's for the ordinary folk. No, I'm much more elaborate than that. I belong to Joseph of Arimathea. And Joseph was not a poor man. I am an expert in the art of waiting. One day I was doing what I do best, sitting alone, cold, dark, and lonely, waiting for Joseph, when all of a sudden the stone was removed from my entrance. I believe it was on a Friday. Who is visiting me, I thought. Are they permanent visitors? Could this be Joseph so soon? But it wasn't Joseph at all. I heard them call a name, Jesus. Is this the Jesus that Joseph had become a follower of? Where is treasures? They brought nothing with this poor man. They laid him down and rolled a stone again to seal me. What an honor was to be the keeper of Jesus' body! It was as if the attention of all heaven and earth was upon me. Well, that was short-lived because he was only here for a few days. On the third day, angels came and started ministering to him. Then he was gone, never to return again. And even though there are guards outside my door, they never knew he was gone, because he didn't use the door. He just left. Only his burial clothes remained. It caused quite a stir when they discovered he was gone. The chief priests were upset for one reason and his followers for another. All I know is, the very short time he was here, he left quite an impression on me.
7: When it comes to shade or rain or any other sort of precipitation, I pretty much have it covered. I was created to sort of protect the earth in a way and as I was floating up here high in the sky, I got a perfect view of what happened in the days after the stone rolled away. They were just staring at him. They couldn't believe it. He was alive. How could that be? Just a few days before he had been killed and now here he was again walking with them and talking with them about the future, promising to return again. Return again? What did he mean by that? He had just returned, right? From the dead. Where was he going now? Then I heard the voice of angels and they were a little far away from me, but, but I could hear them quite clearly. They were saying, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who was taken up before you into heaven will return in the same way that you've seen him go up into heaven. Wow. And then suddenly I saw him get closer and closer to me. My one job was to hide him from their view, but I had so many questions for him, and yet I understood he had to get back to the Father. And so I hid him from their view and I just, I watched in awe as Jesus returned to heaven. His job was accomplished, his mission well done. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, That day, the grave will no longer hold anyone else on a day soon to come.
0: I was there. I covered Jesus for three whole years.
1: I was there. The son of David rode on my colt into Jerusalem that Palm Sunday.
2: We were there. The son of God came to the Garden of Gethsemane
3: to pray. I was there when they pushed me deep into Jesus's
4: head. I was there. They thought I held the Messiah on the cross.
5: I was there. The Prince of Peace was nailed to me from the third to the ninth hour.
6: I was there. I held Jesus in the earth for three days.
7: And I was there when the King of Kings arose triumphantly into heaven, just like he'll return and break through. Well well, me, as he returns to earth. But this time, he will destroy the old and bring heaven down to earth. And guess what? You, 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 you will be there. Do you know how I know? Because every eye will see him. People from every nation, tribe, and tongue will bow down before him and worship him. But until that day comes, I invite you to join us as we stand in awe of His amazing mercy, His greatness, and His everlasting love.
8: the A. Cuán grande es mi Dios? Cántale cuán grande es mi Dios, y todos lo verán. Cuán grande.
9: Can we give all our actors and the choir another hand? They deserve it. What a beautiful program. You may be seated. What a beautiful program. You know, just over two years ago, it was a Wednesday morning on December 2nd, 2015. There was a, a training going on and later it was going to be a, a Christmas holiday luncheon and all the employees were excited about what was about to come. There were two employees that were chatting during the training. They were looking at the clock on the wall and thinking, man, the time is going so slow. They were ready for the luncheon and the, and the party, right? Little did they know that about five minutes after that conversation, they would be hiding underneath a table using a chair as a shield from raining bullets headed in their direction. The two employees, their name were Shannon Johnson. He was a 45-year-old man. And Denise Peraza, she was 27 years old. And Shannon put his arm around the knees and shield, used his own body to shield her from the shower of, of bullets. And all she remembers is these words he kept repeating in her ear. I got you, I got you. Now, Shannon did not make it that day. But I bet you anything Denise will never, for as long as she lives, forget the sacrifice he made for her on that day. And you know, Shannon's sacrifice reminds us of an even greater sacrifice, the one that Jesus Christ made for you and he made for me. Romans 3.23 says, that all had sin. Every single one of us has sin, and every single one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. We, do, we just do not make it. We do not hit the mark. But then Romans 6, 23 says that because of the sin, what we deserve, our payment, should be death. So Jesus Christ said, I will take that punishment. I will go on the cross and I will take what should be yours. And he made that sacrifice. And as he died on that cross, he looked at every single person on the planet Earth and he said, I got you. I got you. So Jesus came down. He paid the price. The price that should have been ours. Because he would have rather died than to lose any one of us. And so my prayer today is that we will live our lives, that we will live our lives with gratitude, fully understanding that what Jesus did on that cross should have been us. It should have been you. It should have been me. But it wasn't. It wasn't because of the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, if that doesn't bring you to tears, I don't know what will, because He is good. He is good all the time. He's merciful. He's full of grace. He's full of kindness and let me tell you something else he would do it all over again if that's what it took he would do it all over again because he loves you that much he loves you that much and so let's live our lives with a sense of gratitude. Let's not waste a single day on this earth. A single day that does not proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. A single day that does not lift him high above anything else. Every step we take, every word we say, let it be for the glory of God. because that's what we owe him there's no way to repay his sacrifice there's no way to make that comparable anything that we can give him the only thing is to live our lives with that sense of gratitude let's bow our heads and pray father you make all things new and when you died on that cross lord you destroyed sin and evil you stumped on it and all the gates of hell they trembled they trembled because they knew they knew they were done. And you, one day, will come back and make everything new again. You will sweep the earth of all the evilness, of all the sin, of all the illness, of all the troubles, of all the mysteries, of all the sadness. And you will bring down heaven And all will be made new, Father, will be fresh. Oh, we cannot wait for that day, Lord. We just can't wait. But Lord, when sin entered this world, you knew exactly what you needed to do and so you did not hesitate because you put that plan of salvation into action. You did not think about it, not even for a second because you would rather die than to lose us. And Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray that, that we will live thankful for what you have done for us, Lord, that your victory on Calvary, that it will be a reassurance in our lives because you paved the way for us to live eternally to have a new life with you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to live victoriously, to live unashamed, to live courageously, Lord, and to live in constant gratitude of what you have done for us, Lord. In this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.